Welcome to Advantage Over, the podcast for the rugby referee community, or simply those in rugby who want to know more about refereeing. Are you ready? Time on. Hello, hello, it's Keith Lewis here. I'm your host of the Advantage Over podcast. Welcome to episode 19 of the show. Uh, We're delighted that you've been able to join us this week, and we're great to be in your earbuds as we talk about um, a variety of different things on today's show. Uh, we've got a really insightful interview coming up, I, well I think it is, um, with uh, a chap called Cody Nielsen from Auckland Rugby who will be telling us all about their associate referee programme, um, essentially filling the gap in the, um, best put it, sort of sub-society refereeing world. I think we probably all, no matter where you're listening to this, have a massive group of people who are out there refereeing at games at levels below where your society or federation or union can function, so whether that's schools, colleges, varsity, youth vets, um, in some places women's rugby all fall outside the scope of um, society level rugby um, so Cody is going to explain to us how, who they attract, how they attract them and then how they re- they train and those retain those people in rugby so a really good lesson coming up uh, but first a bunch of uh, news items to, to bring you um, first um, congratulations to Jerome Garces who uh, refereed the top 14 final in France a couple of weeks ago um, it was an awesome match between Claremont and Toulouse and if you haven't seen it and you can get hold of a, a copy or to, or to watch at least the highlights then do do that um, Toulouse won that it was an epic 24-18 uh, match um, and in the build up to that appointment it was announced that Jerome will actually be retiring after the World Cup later this year so that was his last game on French soil at least um, and I didn't realise he was as old as he is, but uh, heading towards his uh, late 40s now. Has, he's been refereeing for 25 years um, in a sort of career that many of us was, would die for, having been at least one World Cup um, and refereed at some great levels and some great matches all over the world at world rugby level. So um, obviously we wish him well over the next few months as he builds towards Japan, um, but then on into his new future from November onwards. Um, more congrats to uh, New Zealand's James Dolman this time. Um, over in Argentina, he's just refereed the World Under-20s final over the weekend um, where France uh, retained their title by beating Australia. Um, it's been a really interesting tournament um, with plenty of great rugby on there. So the Under-20s uh, has been a uh, World Championship has kind of been a, a fixture on the circuit for a while now and there's lots of um, people use the under-20s to progress through to international matches. There's plenty of players on the in the World Cup who have been through that process. And similarly, the uh, the refereeing teams are similarly um, experienced. So they come through the under-20s and head on onwards and upwards. And I think we've uh, mentioned before on the podcast that it was quite a strong squad this year that World Rugby took to, the, to Argentina. Um, so congrats to James uh, on getting that final. Um, it was actually an interesting tournament. Um, there's been a number of sort of disciplinary issues that certainly has cropped up on my social media feeds and have been discussing across the piece, um, which obviously brings a spotlight onto us as match officials. It's the first tournament to have happened since World Rugby brought in a new foul play process and a decision tree, if you like, for dealing with high tackles and dangerous tackles. Um, if you haven't seen that um, protocol yet, you can go to the website. So go to rugbyreferee.net slash high tackle and you can have a look at it yourself. There is the flow chart. And it really is a flow chart. Um, if you see this, if it's a if it's a high tackle or a shoulder charge, you follow these this decision making tree before you end up with your concluding um, sanction, whether that's a penalty only, a yellow card, or red card. So there's been a a number of those um, scenarios have happened during the under twenties, as, you, as you'd expect. Um, if you remember the previous under twenties, they trialed a system where 
um, the sighting teams were reviewing all tackles and they were issuing post-game sanctions for any tackle above the waist or above the chest. Um, this time they've, they've, I think they're doing a similar process this time. But this is the first time we've used this um, World Rugby protocol to do that. It's been interesting to see some of the red card or the sighting judgments that World Rugby have released during that tournament. Um, it's interesting to note that the judicial team seems to be having a really good look um, and debate around the mitigation factor. So one of the, the key parts of the protocol is once you've made a decision that it is high and it is with force or not with force, is the mitigation factors that might bring you down from a red card to a yellow or from a yellow to a penalty only. So um, it's interesting to see that those are the debates that are now being had in the judicial hearings and on social media as well in some respect. There was a um, an incident in the Wales-New Zealand game where Christoph Ridley um, just penalised a high tackle where um, a player had just caught the ball. Um, the the tackle, the chasing player, the, the, the Kiwi player, um, decided he wasn't going to compete in the air but would make the tackle as the player landed, um, which he lined himself up to do. As the player caught it, the Welsh player caught it, um, he then dipped, which meant the tackle height of the, the Kiwi player was reduced from what would have been a really good um, chest-high, waist-chest-high tackle um, to something higher than that. Um, in Christoph's view on the field with the TMO, I think it was Brian McNeese on that game from Ireland, um, they decided that the mitigation of the um, the, the dipping Welsh player was enough to bring it down from a red card to a yellow card. The judicial hearing committee, that was the thing they focused on. There was no doubt um, in either any of the match officials' view on the time that it was high tackle and it was dangerous, um, but the, the debate was about the mitigation factor and World Rugby, um, the, the disciplinary committee on that one, decided that the um, penalty sanction should have been a red card and the player was suspended for, I think it was either three or four weeks. Um, you can look those up on the under-20s website if you so desire. So um, I think for those watching rugby over the next couple of months and certainly towards the World Cup, if you're in the off-season, in the new season, um, in the Northern Hemisphere, you'll be seeing and more importantly hearing all those referees verbalising the flowchart on TV matches as they come to conclusions with their TMOs or their ARs. Most of you listening to this podcast aren't in that um, MVM position of having extra help to, to watch replays to make those decisions. So for us at community level, it's about dealing with what you see, as you always have and all you as you always will. Most people will have a gut feel for what a red card looks like, um, and this new protocol should help you help you build and support that mental picture. Um, we talk about this a lot in um, in sort of training sessions and meetings. I think we've touched on, on in podcasts before, um, where we talk about having the mental pictures in our mind of what we're expecting on the field um, and when we see things happen on the field they match those mental pictures which helps us come to the conclusion about what we do next so do take some time to look at the protocol consider the words and phrases that you might need to be using next season or later in this depending on if you're um if the competition you're in is using it from now on um so, so while it is law from now guideline is in force and um, world rugby have given a little bit of leeway to those of you who are mid-season perhaps mid-tournament or mid-competition um, so it may not be fully rolled out where you are just yet if you're in the north it certainly will be by the time the season starts 
So that's um, that issue. The other thing I wanted to flag on the news section was around the use of goggles um, for everybody now. So World Rugby, again, have amended the law to bring the trial that's been running for a number of years into full law. Um, you might have uh, have seen the Tre- Benetton Treviso and Italy international Ian McKinley um, has been the first um, international player to wear goggles at a senior level. He had a, a training incident um, a couple of years ago, which means he's blind in one eye and needs um, special, I think, contacts for his other one. Um, and he's able to use the goggles that are made by an Italian manufacturer, Valeri, to insert those um contacts in which allows him and people and other people like him who've been wearing them to play our game um they're fully fit in every aspect apart from the eyesight issue um and this italian company has been working with medics and academics from around the world to um, facilitate the inclusion of prescription lenses um into these goggles but in a way which doesn't increase the risk, any risk of injury to the wearer or to other players who might come into contact with the rarer wearer. So do have a look at the, um, the the website. Again, if you go to rugbyreferee.net slash goggles, you can see pictures of them. You can hear Ian's story about why it's so important that we they were able to come to a, um, a conclusion and a, a solution for people like him. Um, who Because without, without it, without being able to wear these goggles, to enable them to see properly on the field. They just wouldn't be able to play the great game of ours. So it's great that technology has, has moved now and, and helped them us get to a stage where we're able to uh, help these players to play the game. So if you do see them, um, I think there's been about 2,000 people on the trial so far. Um, so you've probably recognised them if you've if they're on a park. But if you do see them, just check that they are um, the ones from Raleri. They'll be kite marked, I'm sure in a particular way, but make sure that they are the correct ones and they are allowed to be worn. So that's it on the news front. Um, if you want to discuss any of these issues, um, if you want to ask questions about them, um, a really good place to do that is out now over on our Facebook group. Um, so we've got about 350-odd people in the group um, who've joined over the last couple of months. So we'd love to have you to come and join us. Um, uh, we've got a different link for you. So if you head to refsquad.com, so R-E-F-S-Q-U-A-D.com, refsquad.com, that will direct you to the Facebook page. Um, so do come over and join that. There's a couple of questions that we ask you just to make sure that you are a referee and you, um, or at least involved in, in rugby. Um, we'll review those and let you in. So if there is a slight delay, that's uh, my fault. Um, so um, just give us a bit of time and we'll just check those and let you into the group. There's some really good discussions in there um, about these sorts of issues, about issues that you might face um, during your games, no matter where you are. And there's a community of referees and people like you from all over the world who are there to help and answer your questions, give you advice. Um, and we can have those discussions um, in that space there. So thank you very much for um, for joining um, the podcast this stage. Um, it's great to hear from you. Um, as ever, if you've got any feedback for us, then please do find us um, ref at rugbyreferee.net. We'll always find my inbox. Um, so we'd love to take some advice, some tips, um, some um, ideas and any feedback you might have on the podcast for future editions um, or for content through rugbyreferee.net so we'll do that um, when we get that feedback from you so thanks very much Um, now we're going to head over and listen to that interview with Cody Nielsen (laughs) 
So our guest today on the Advantage Over podcast is Cody Nielsen from Auckland in New Zealand. Um, his professional background is in the events and hospitality sector, but today we're talking to him as the match official coordinator at the Auckland RFU. Um, I'm sure we're about to get into his referee story, um, but he's been referee administrator and accreditation manager before his current role at Auckland for the last five years. So Cody, you're very welcome to the Advantage Over podcast. And thank you for having me. Cool. So, um, can you just um, walk us through your sort of refereeing story? How did you end up where you are today? Yeah, well, I think I worked out yesterday that it had been 15 years that I've been refereeing, and it, it essentially started with the associate referee course. So, obviously, I was a player, and um, one of the things was playing in that under 12 and under 13 grade in Auckland, not always refereed. Um, we don't have enough referees to get to those lower grades, so I my stepdad was the chairman of um, junior rugby in Auckland, and so I had no choice but to be involved in rugby, uh, and that that led to me essentially noticing the referee role uh, really, really soon, having not liked to be getting hurt playing the game. <laughs> so that I, I, know, I knew about the associate referee course. Um, John Gillies was in charge at the time, so I went and did the associate referee course. I, I think I did that for... Being about 12 years old, I was quite young to be doing that. So I, I just reached the lower stuff, the 10s, the 11s, right. uh, before um, becoming a full member of the association, which I've been for 15 years now, um, and, and making it up through, through the grades uh, Great. as you, I've gone. And you're still active out on the field? <laughs> you'd think working for the Referee Association that you'd uh, get to referee more. Um, it, it turns out on a Saturday that a lot of my time can actually be caught up coaching or doing admin. So, in, in some ways, it's less. But I, I try to get out there wherever I can. Great stuff. And, and you mentioned the associate course, and that's obviously the reason uh, we're having this conversation today, because um, there'll be lots of people listening to this who are referees, who are members of their own societies, um, or who are trying to get in, or trying to get themselves developed, perhaps having done the beginners courses, and are trying to make that leap across. So let's just get into the the, the, the scale of that. Can you just, um, for those uh, listeners who don't know Auckland and New Zealand rugby, what's the scale of um, the rugby that goes on there? How much rugby goes on of a, of a week, weekend, and then for the refereeing side of it, what, what sort of numbers are we talking about? Yeah, so essentially what I look after and Auckland Rugby looks after, Auckland itself has a population of 1.4 million, um, obviously not all of those playing rugby, so it's split into three regions, North Harbour, Auckland and uh, counties, and um, we probably have the biggest player base, we, we've got 17 senior clubs and, and 43 schools that essentially we look after. Um, unfortunately, I've only got 220 members of our association and, and at any given time in reality, probably only 180 of them are active. So we, we probably facilitate on a Saturday around 400 games of rugby and only half of those are probably getting covered by... Um, fully qualified referees so obviously we're covering we're, we're aiming to cover all our secondary school rugby and all our senior rugby but that means our junior rugby so under 13 down a lot of the time is going without a referee so that's why we've seen the introduction of the associate referee course cool so just be, so those 220 members that you just talked about those are um that would equate um in the north the sort of society members um, so 220 yeah. is quite a quite a, a strong number in itself and, and your role is in the um, in the Auckland rugby system is to manage that whole process? Yeah, so I, I just essentially, along with Smudge McNeilidge, who's the match officials manager, we, we sit there and, and we look after 
any any requests that they have. So we are their go-to in the sense of um, making sure that they're all looked after in terms of appointment, education, recruitment, retention, all that area. Great. So the problem that you guys have identified in uh, in Auckland and elsewhere in New Zealand is, is that kind of the sub-society level. So how much rugby out there do you think is being um, played and therefore refereed in that sort of space without a, a qualified society referee? In, in terms of, I'd say we've probably got over 100 over a hundred junior games, which are every Saturday, which are going without referees. We also don't. We've got some senior games in terms of presidents, which is a very social grade, which we're certainly not covering as well. Which would be relying on a associate referees to to look after. Great. So that that's the scale of the problem. So tell us about mm. the associate referee course and how that um, fits as part of your sort of graduated season, or, or or how does that all operate? Where do you where do you get folk from? And what do you do? So essentially, it, it almost stands. It, it's administrated outside out of the referee association, but but they're not full members, and that, it kind of stands outside of it. So we're aiming to get two hundred people essentially through it through it a year. Um, the qualification lasts for three years as long as they have a valid rugby smart, which is a course we do over here, um, which which just keeps them up to date. So essentially, what we're what the course does is it's designed so. Anyone could referee a game under under 19 downwards. So we've got a, a system called domestic safety law over here, which essentially starts at under 19. And the purpose of, of the course essentially was so they could ref, tackle rugby and a contested scrum. Uh, so that's essentially what the associate course is. It's essentially a two-hour course where we completely ram home um, two hours of how to referee. Obviously, you, we all been referees. No, that's not enough. Yeah. But I guess the key things we're, we're trying to achieve there is just the 101s. It, it's making sure they understand the definitions of that, that breakdown, the ruck, the mall, and also where are the best primary positions to stand. We know that we can't do it all, but we're hoping that if we get those defini- definitions and the key places, uh, the key things done in terms of those signals, uh, we're in a better position than when we were. So I guess you you also asked the question, where do we get these guys from? Mm. Um, A huge part of that, uh, we're relying on clubs and schools to provide these people. Um, It's often parents. Uh, We we, we tend to try and ask it not to be coaches because obviously they're already busy on the day. So we're asking um, for for basically a volunteer from each team. And we have tried to write that in to the junior into the junior laws, essentially. Cool. And the expectation of those folk who sign up and, and do the course is is what do they do next? Well, that, that's the hard part about it. So essentially, if we don't in New Zealand, if there's no qualified referee appointed, it is up to the home team yep. to provide an associate referee. So. Quite often, these guys have just done this two-hour course and literally are being thrown out there on a Saturday. So they are truly thrown in the deep end. And in some ways, I think it's, we should perhaps do it a little bit more with our first years because we seem to take that process quite slowly in terms of our full members. But with associate referees, they've essentially just dropped us straight into it. <laughs> Which I guess creates, creates challenges in itself for them in terms of picking things up um, and, and getting started and having the sort of tools and the confidence to... Um, to get up and get going. 
yeah, we are, we're really relying on some some personal grit there. To, to they've got to have confidence because obviously we're literally bringing them to a two hour course. Um, we're doing our best job to to make sure that we're giving them all the content. Um, we do provide a shirt um, which separates them from, um, and that's free of charge. This course is, of course, is free of charge, so we're not no, charging okay. anything for this. Um, and we're providing them with a shirt um, which identifies them. They also get a card, so there's no arguments and hopefully gives them some credibility. But we, we're aware we're asking a lot of these volunteers. Great, and that's, that's of course, the, the challenge that so many people listening to this will or recognize and understand is is getting people onto the course getting them going and f- keeping the, the supply coming through how, how successful has um the program been over the years obviously you're an example 15 years ago having done it and, and, <laughs> and tracked through yeah so unfortunately this course really is designed as a, as a stopgap where we don't have the full referee. So we've also got a first-year class running alongside it, which is where our where our big investment goes into because these this associate course is really more as parents, if that makes sense. Yep. It's parents. Uh, that being said, we do there are certainly, at, once they get started, we do find some of them want to take a step up and become fully qualified. I'd say we probably get two to three a year mm-hmm. from that. Um, so if you're thinking 200 people, it's not, it's not a huge amount, but in terms of we are consistently hitting around that 200 mark a year. Um, and a lot of them, to be fair, that's not including the ones that are coming back because the, the qualification lasts for three years. They still come back the year after almost as a refresher. Mm. Um, so I think it's very successful in the fact that we are still having rugby played. Uh, and hopefully, what is considered a safe manner. Right. So, so the areas that, that let's look look at the course in itself. So, you talk about two hour session. That's not a lot. And I'm and so I saw the picture of the um, the last one you had. There seemed to be sort of fifty plus folk there. That feels like it doesn't suit itself too much to getting out and getting practical. Is is that a fair reflection? Yeah, I know this is something we're, we're reviewing quite often. Um, as I said, it really does rely on teaching the definitions mm. and, and hoping that that person has a, a basic understanding of um, of rugby, remembering that we are gearing it to junior rugby and learning rugby yeah. as well. So a big part of it really is about that safety element and making sure what we're doing is providing a safe environment, uh, especially in that scrum and tackle and breakdown phase. Um, we have a part of it, Rugby Smart is built into it as well, which is a pro- safety program that we run here in New Zealand, um, which I know there are various versions all around the world of it. Yeah, we spoke to um, uh, Scott McLean um, uh, during the, the, the early parts of the podcast and he was telling us about the uh, blue card system that you guys were trialling there on the concussion start. Has that now um, been implemented across the piece? Yes, so that's fully implemented across the whole country now and I think it, it, it is certainly working. Um, I, I I don't have any negatives to say about the blue card system. Obviously, we as referees, we've always had the power if we suspected that a player's concussed or a movement from yeah. the field. We've always had that power, but the great thing about the blue card system is the follow-up process. Um, I know here at Auckland Rugby, they get sent a letter 
to play again they have to be cleared by specialists and I think it's really working yeah I think I think uh, people listening to that will uh, elsewhere will will find that that's the problem that's certainly what we face here in, in England and, and Wales and Scotland is that we don't have the medical system um, to go as far as that yes we all do mm. recognize and remove quite rightly um, head case is the English pro version of of that and um, we're not we haven't gone as far there but it's I've certainly seen more of the blue card trials coming elsewhere obviously into Australia I think um, South Africa are, um, are bringing it through this year but it's, um, it's great to know that, that that is working so what what are the areas that you cover on the on the course so essentially we go over the role of the referee um, one of one of the main things is just focusing on some people call it twitch think whistle indicate talk just you know that basic process of refereeing um, it's just that whistle signal verbals uh, we go over advantage um, tackle ruck more scrum line out in goal because obviously for us that's probably where things go wrong if little Jimmy doesn't score his first try of the season just because we're out of position that that's where things go um, and that's so we spend special focus there foul play and then uh, rugby smart so it's a huge amount of content mm. that we're trying to trying to um and it really is 101 the, the one thing i would say is that i make myself available to these associate referees so my number goes up uh the presentations go up our, our website has a number of videos which we don't hide um they're they're available to anybody so we encourage them but if they ever need to call me and talk through a problem they certainly are welcome um i will head down wherever possible on a saturday even though i know i don't have any referees on that ground which i know there'll be associate referees and, and try and head down and make sure that that they're um, enjoying their experience and and that is what we the feedback we're getting that once they're out there they've done a couple of games they are actually really enjoying this experience so i guess what we need to work on and what we probably don't do as well as we could is getting these guys who are enjoying their experience and bringing them into the full system not just because their kids play but certainly once their kid actually stops playing rugby or is moved into secondary school getting full coverage of referees how do we keep these guys refereeing yeah do you, do you think there's an element, there's any way that you could expand that so that there is a practical element to it, or is that just with the numbers you're oh, talking about? Yes, and, and I know some unions already are. Um, they, they've changed it. So traditionally, I, I've run them on a Tuesday, Thursday night, and I move them throughout Auckland. So I don't just, I'm based out of Eden Park, yeah. and I do run five of those courses at Eden Park, but I try and go run one out west, one out east. So I'm trying to hit as many people. But North Harbour, for example, and I commend them for this, and it's something I'll certainly be looking for in the future, have moved their one to a Sunday, and they've got more than just me running it with one other. They've managed to get a bit of a panel together, and they're doing exactly what you're saying. They're going around, and they've created stations. So this is how we're going to ref the scrum. And that's certainly something we need to look to for the future because – as we say, two hours is probably not enough just to sit there and do definitions. We we do need to develop and, and probably go a bit practical on this. So I know some unions have started. Um, I think counties is doing it. Uh, I guess the differences in Auckland and potentially Christchurch is just the sheer numbers I'm trying to get through compared to some of those smaller unions where I just don't have the luxury of being able to put 200 people through on, on any particular Sunday. Um, it, it's... 
we, as you saw in the photo, we're getting 50 to a course, which mm-hmm. is actually unusual for this for this course. Mm-hmm. Unusually low or unusually high? Unusually high is my understanding. So, okay. I, having done what you've done, looking at other associations, there seems to be 10 to 20 in the room, mm. which would make it a, a lot more easy, as you'd know, to do practical sessions. Um, Mm. Yeah, so, so I, I happened to stumble across um, a, a locally run session here um, at the weekend. I popped my head into. Um, it was very much two two pods of of ten out on a on on a field. Each of them taking the role of the referee around different scenarios, playing some touch um, or um, or phased. Um, examples so that they could actually referee it, which is, of course is a very different from sitting in a classroom and and watching and listening to people talking about it. So good good to see that yeah. coming through. And that's exactly so. As I said, we've got that first year program in Auckland as well. So if you become a fully qualified referee in Auckland, um, we put you in a first year, which is we've got two premier referees, which is our highest level here in Auckland, um, running that class. And, and they're doing exactly that. So every week they're sitting down and they're breaking down a different law, uh, essentially, and, and going outside and, and, and doing the practical elements of that. So we've got about uh, 30 people registered for that this year as well. Great, and that's a, a season-long program, do you say? That's a season-long program, yeah. So oh, okay. it, it, it's literally an introduction to rugby refereeing, and week by week we break down a different law and go into more detail about that, and where possible go outside, and uh, and then they've got dedicated coaches as well, so making sure that they're supported on their first game and their second game and that they're getting reports, um, which, which aren't big reports, but just the basics. <laughs> I mean, it's it's so important, isn't it? Whenever we we all know that when we're out there having someone with us, particularly in those early days, even as even right at the very start of careers, but also as we step up the levels, go into perhaps new leagues, new environments, new situations. When you get teams of three, teams of four, um, having those people to support you on the field, watching as well, is is is, is so important. Completely agree. So once people have done their two and a half hours with you, you give them their free <laughs> shirt, the the cards, yes. and did you say whistle? Uh, no, um, we have in the past given them whistles. It, it, for us, it, it's if I have a sponsor for this course, for various years, I, I can get sponsors on board to support this. And certainly if I have a sponsor on board, I'll, I'll be going out and buying them a whistle. But generally, they, they've just gone to the $2 shopping, not the <laughs> $2 whistle. And they're not really worried about using an Acme, um, which, which some of us senior referees definitely need in our arsenal. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, there's a, there's a there's a separate podcast issue brewing on that very subject. Um, in, in the future, there's nothing I hate worse than a rubbish whistle. Um, so so what happens then? They so they get their course, they've done their course, they've got their their kit. Um, you send them on their way. What what effectively what happens next? So they'll they'll know very soon. So um, obviously they can their coaches will check their appointments uh, during the week and work out. Yes, we have a referee. No, we don't have a referee. And and to be honest, the only referees they're probably going to get at this grade uh, are those first year referees that I, that I spoke about. That yeah. this is the area where we start them in. So the sheer majority of junior rugby games just go without a referee. So we are asking a lot of them. That I guess the one big thing that I found and and teach with this course is a lot of confusion because. As you come down through the grades, there are slight variations in how junior rugby works, and, and that's where the main issues come from. So I, I always suggest to them, hey, you are the referee. Have a chat to both coaches um, before the game starts. Bring them in together and go, when is a line out over? Get rid of those niggly, where is the offside line for halfbacks? How far can they run? Um, 
so I, I think if they, if they can have that pre-match meeting, especially at junior rugby, it saves a lot of angst and because mm. the parents go nuts when when all of a sudden one referee did it the, the week differently before, which is obviously even more pronounced here because we're using essentially untrained referees. So yeah. the level of refereeing week to week can, can be quite a concern. But it's amazing... Um, it's great, but the fact is I get very, very little complaints in this area. Um, so it seems to be working um, in terms of there, there, there would be very few occasions where, I, where I'd have to deal with an issue from junior rugby. Great stuff. And I guess that comes on to my next question about success. I'm not sure what success looks like or what your objectives are um, from the union perspective and what success looks like off the back of this associate program. But how how successful is it? What do you qualify as success in this right? Well, I guess there are two ways of looking at that. Is it successful? Yes, it is in terms of that it's covering junior rugby. So we've, we've got rugby being facilitated and played. So up to 200 games being facilitated and played in that junior space on a Saturday. I guess where it could be more successful uh, is how do we get these guys who have now potentially refereed for three years mm. into our full system and continuing to referee. Yeah. And that's probably something that we're not as successful as we could be. Uh, that being said, a lot of these guys have a lot of passion elsewhere. They are coaches, they are managers, and that they're being forced into that referee role because there is no one else. But I would like to see more of these guys who are attending the associate referee course coming through into our full membership. And do you, I think you've used the guys a lot, which I suspect is a colloquialism, but is there, is there yeah, have you got initiatives to kind of bring female referees into this, into young match officials particularly coming through? Yep. So one of our things is on, on a Monday night, we have our secondary school girls rugby, uh, which isn't, which has a very high coverage this season, but from our full referees, but traditionally hasn't. So, in terms of do we run a course specially for uh, females to enter the associate referee course? No, we don't. However, we have a large amount of females attend our courses. Uh, the last course, there were ten females in the room uh, alone. So, it, it's not. I'm hoping that it's not a scary environment and that that it is inviting to all. I know that County's Manukau ran a special um, female-only course and got Lauren Jenner, who's on the World 7 Series, to come along and front that. And, and my understanding is that wasn't widely attended. So I'd like to keep it open to all. Um, and in, I do encourage, um, obviously, the female game is growing rapidly, especially in Auckland here. It's, it's basically the reason why our player numbers are going up. So we're aware that we need to be targeting those female referees as well. Um, and we do have a few in our association, though we would like to see more. Great. Um, I guess looking at the, the, the sorts of people who are doing this associate program, I'm guessing oh, well, you already touched on the fact that a lot of them are parents of the, the children who are playing. Um, I can think I can resonate that from my, my own experience with my two boys. Um, and I guess the challenge is not taking them away from where their kids are playing and letting them watch their kids be part of their kids rugby growth and helping out at the same time so i guess that's the challenge as to how we all manage to pick those folk up at a key point and get them into refereeing i'm using air quotes here proper refereeing i guess that's the challenge you have as well oh 100 percent um I'm, I'm sure with the associate course, it's really easy because essentially they, they will be refereeing their kids' games. Yeah. Uh, in terms of when they become 
and to our full association, I'm sure you've heard of the program. We use Who's the Ref um, yep. at the moment. And the great thing about that, I encourage them just to literally put a note um, in the note section, letting me know what their son's or, or girl's name um, game is and where they're playing. And then I will literally, wherever possible, I'll appoint next to that game. So they could brief the game before, they could brief the game after. Uh, if they don't have a referee on on their game, their, their own kids' game, of course they can referee that. Though I probably won't give that a full appointment for, for obvious reasons. Yeah. yeah, so it is a it is a challenge, but hopefully with modern technology we can we can try and make that process as easy as possible sure and just realize that whilst i said yes i know about who's the ref system some of our listeners might not so just for anyone listening who's not heard about who's the ref it's a effectively a, a management system for um to help referee societies and associations to appoint their referees to the game so all the data goes into it and it allows um, people like cody and wherever it is that you are to to associate um to marry up the referee and their availability um, with the game of rugby that you'd like to appoint them to so it's a system that's used in many parts of the world um i think started here in in england I believe um, so, mark brown who's a, a, mm. a certainly an, an old friend of mine um is doing some good things but certainly many many of the listeners out there will be f- maybe familiar with the who's the ref system but if you aren't we can certainly help you out and put you in touch with the people who run it if you want that help and support on the tech side so that's great and, and i think that lead the tech stuff leads me into my i guess my last question do you think there are ways um that refer that people like you in the roles that you um hold can use technology to kind of stay in touch with these people obviously they're not in societies so they're not coming to society meetings you have them in a course once for t- for two hours and then send them on their way how do you think technology can perhaps fill that gap in in keeping people close and warm to, to refereeing and keeping on top of laws and new regs that come in and all that kind of thing yeah oh i think even since i've started the role that the sheer amount of technology that is coming out and that we're starting to specialise in the referee era, area is awesome. Uh, certainly, we need to be doing, um, keeping, when they come to this course, we get their full registration information, we get all their contact details. So there is no reason why we can't keep in contact with these guys and we are keeping in contact. So at the end of the season, uh, I will be literally um, getting in contact with every single one of these associate referees uh, and, and encouraging them to continue. Um, if there was to be any major updates in terms of law, of course, we'd be sending them out to them. Um, if we'd be noticing any massive trends um, that's coming from junior rugby, we'd certainly be sending a mass email out to all associate referees. Um, we, as an association, have a mail out, uh, mm-hmm. which which we run through a through a engagement program, which we know has a very high um, read and click through volume. They are also, they get sent the full referee news whether they want it or not, I'm forcing it on them. So hopefully that keeps them as part of the, the wider association. Okay. Um, I think that the last thing that's just popped into my mind before we sort of wrap up um, is around the ability of, of Auckland Rugby to, to send coaches, support, mentors out to this associate population. Um, obviously, giving them the course, giving them the confidence to get going and letting them know, knowing that they're out there is all very well. But do you have the resource to get people out to watch them, to support them as they go through? Or is that the ongoing challenge that everyone faces? Oh, I think I think it's the ongoing challenge for world rugby, isn't it? It's yeah. 
it's not only do we not have enough match officials, we don't have enough match official coaches and, and mentors. Certainly for our first year program, we're making sure we have mentors and coaches here for our, but the reality is we, we, we're struggling to service our, our own membership, let alone adding another 200 into that every, every Saturday. Um, so I, 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 I'd like to think that ever, if ever there was a coach who was already at the venue, that, that they would be spending time with these associate referees, but I'd be lying to you if there was a system to capture them. No, so, so it was over this to every, everyone listening to this will, will um, I'm sure, associate that pro- big problem that we've got. So I guess if anyone out there is listening, um, is is wanting to help with future referee development, get in touch with Cody if you're in the Auckland space. If you want to get in touch with us through rugbyreferee.net, and um, by all means, we'll try and marry you up with the the local folk and wherever you might be to help you um, stay to help you to help other referees to develop whether whatever level they are at Cody is there anything else that's going on in Auckland that you want to share with uh, the Advantage Over podcast listeners on the recruitment side well I guess in, in terms of recruitment we've um, essentially we're, we're working with all the other provincial unions and we've gone quite social on, on what we're doing uh, I guess that the concept's probably stolen uh, from England in some way, which is keep your boots on. Yep. Um, we've essentially adopted be in the game. So we're, we're focusing on essentially positive news stories. We're trying to keep it really positive. Um, and we're doing this essentially through Facebook, Instagram um, at the moment. And we're finding it to be the most effective tool we, we, in Auckland, we're running an initiative. If a, if a current member can bring a new member, we're going to give them $100 cash um, if, they, if they carry on and become full members. But but I think we're just like any other referee association worldwide um, or society. We, we are struggling to find that magic pill which drags in a referee because as everyone listening to this podcast knows, not it, it takes a special type of person to be a referee and, and trying to attract them and, and get them in, especially I know in Auckland we're facing huge um, challenges and traditionally when everyone used to make themselves available every Saturday to referee, just with the, the new generations coming through, they do have other other activities and other things and, and trying to manage that. So it's something we're struggling with um, and we're always open and trying new things. So as I said, we don't have the magic pill yet, but we're certainly trying to find it. Great stuff. Well, Cody, thank you very much for walking through that. It's great to hear the associate program there works for you and how, how that's building through. Um, obviously wish you all well um, as you recruit the next generation all the way through. Um, just for anyone listening who's who hasn't got the message yet or is thinking about taking it with us, so what, what, what would you say to them? Why wait? It, it really is one of the most amazing things I've ever done. I can tell you, not only have I enjoyed being on the field uh, and involved in fixtures and the challenges that give, which is keeping fit, uh, making decisions, building my my own skill set as a, as a person, but I've also made some of my best mates at and friends out of it, then I wouldn't change it for the world. Brilliant. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to the Advantage Over podcast from RugbyReferee.net. We hope you've enjoyed the content that we brought to you this week. What we'd really appreciate is your likes, rates and reviews, wherever it is you found it, whether that's iTunes or Stitcher Radio or TuneIn. Please head over there and leave us a review. We really do appreciate those. Um, we'd also um, ask you to tell your referee colleagues, friends, community um, that about this podcast this is the only rugby referee podcast out there um, so we hope to get to more earbuds um, over time we'd also love your feedback um, and your suggestions and your comments so please let us have them um, you can either email us at ref at advantageoverpodcast.com um, or you can find us through the rugbyreferee.net website um, or through twitter at rugbyreferee.net which is the same handle you'll find on instagram as well we're in all those places so please do let us know what you think, let us know what you want, um, and how we can help you become better referees in the future. So for now, that is Advantage Over. <laughs>